Welcome to My Last Watch 2.0. I'm Kaylee. And this is Gunn. In this show, I've challenged Gunn to trade up a $100 watch into a dream watch, which in this case is a Nomos Campus for Gunn's dad. Do you want to explain why it's My Last Watch 2.0? That's a good question. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Previously, we were recording our show on a two-pack of $20 clip-on mics in my phone. And today, we're recording on some fancy mics and a new recorder. How do you feel about recording on the new equipment? I feel nervous, intimidated. Now I feel like I have to step up my game. I feel more responsibility. <laughs> it's kind of like we've made it into the big leagues, right? I don't know if we're in the major leagues yet. I feel like you have to get like 5,000 downloads. Yeah, we're, def- <laughs> so definitely, think- <laughs> we're definitely in. So I guess we're still in the minor leagues. Yeah, we're still in the minor leagues, but we've... We're coming up the farm system. I would say we're probably like double A by now. Now that we have made it past that 10 episode mark, I figured it was time to upgrade our equipment. And to be honest, I'm still learning how to use all of this equipment, um, but hopefully you can tell a positive difference in the audio compared to our previous episodes. We're coming to you in HD now, 5K. Hopefully. Much more crisper. Another reason why we're calling this My Last Watch 2.0 is that we've dropped a new logo. We're very excited to share this new logo with everyone just because uh, it's much more colorful, vibrant, and I think it's more in line with our podcast. I think it's more playful and I think it also foreshadows that this is a couple talking about watches. So hopefully some new listeners will actually tap in to the <laughs> podcast. Now that those announcements are out of the way, let's dive into today's episode, which is about the watch that you're wearing now. We're going to be talking about vintage watches, and the watch I currently have on my wrist is an IWC Yacht Club, which is my first vintage watch, and the watch that's also responsible for me uh, getting into this hobby or into vintage watches. And you got this watch probably within a year of you getting your Omega. I'd say so, yeah. After a year or so, when I first bought the Omega Speedy or when it was gifted to me and I traded it in, I didn't know I would have multiple watches. But after my first watch, I don't know, there was some sort of urge where I knew I needed to add another watch to my collection. I just had a lot of time on my hands because I was waiting for my work permit then. So I had six month period where I was here in the States and didn't and couldn't work. And so during this time, what I did was I invested most of my time, like reading articles on Hodinkee or uh, on Revolution watches, what, you know, Waco was saying. So I found out that for my wrist size, I have very small wrist, uh, six and a half inches. The perfect diameter size for me in terms of watches would be anything within 36 millimeters to about 38 millimeters would be the max. And most of the watches within that size would be vintage watches. And so that's what drew me to vintage watches. So the only reason why you got into vintage watches is really just because it was going to be a better fit on your wrist. That was the biggest reason. But also, I'm just drawn to vintage items more. So it doesn't even have to do with watches. I don't know. I feel like vintage items are much more charming. Is it because there's more classy (laughs) dials with vintage items? I know how big you're into classy dials. I know, but this isn't even just about watches. I feel like I'm always drawn towards items that are from like the 70s era, whether it's like vintage denim Levi's. I think Levi's made their best jeans like in the 70s. And then also you have like vintage tees. I like to collect vintage tees, or I did. Uh, And my favorites are from that era. It's just better quality or like champion hoodies, like vintage champion hoodies, reverse weave. 
ganz halb bist. <laughs> I used to, maybe I used to be. I feel like there's just, or even, I forgot the most important thing. Porsches were better made in the 70s. So whether it's cars, tees, or anything else, I'm just a fan. Is there anything about IWC specifically that you liked? The first reason I was introduced to the IWC brand is because they have a, it's still one of my grills. And I hope to add this as the trilogy of my IWC vintage watches. But there is, IWC is known for their pilot watches. They have a March series, but they have a Mark 12. I think it's from the 80s. Jeje Lecoultre provided the movement for these pilot watches. Still, to this day, one of the coolest vintage watches is a grill of mine, like I said. But that was how I was introduced to IWC is when I was researching pilot watches, I found out about Mark 12 and then JLC being one of my favorite brands, even though I don't own any other timepieces. Your main criteria then was, should be a pilot's watch mm -hmm. and IWC watch mm -hmm. and small enough to fit your wrist comfortably. Yes. And then one additional thing, I needed to come with box and papers. When it comes to vintage watches, that's the one area that I'm kind of anal about is it has to come with papers. The provenance. When I was first starting, I'd reached out to a seasoned vintage watch collector. And one of the recommendations he had given me was to always focus on the seller rather than the watch itself. He was saying with vintage watches, you never know what kind of watches. They might look good on paper, on, on the web, and then you get it and it might be a shitty piece. So he always told me that you have to know the seller and the seller has to be credible. So the credibility of the seller is the most important thing. And so that kind of always stuck with me. Like for this one, for instance, this collector had like over 50 vintage watches. Just from creeping in his Instagram handle, I kind of knew he knew his vintage watches. Like he was pretty well known in the Instagram community. So I knew he wasn't going to scam me with like a crappy watch. So this was pre-officially joining Instagram. Yes, I'd still been creeping on Instagram watch. And that's how I got introduced. I didn't even know there was that community, but through Reddit, Because people would have, you know, they'll put their watch on sale and then they'll just have their Instagram handle on there. And so I was like, oh, I didn't even know people like catalog their watches. And that's how I was introduced even before I had an Instagram. I knew there was a avid watch collector community on Instagram sharing their collections. You find this guy on Instagram and then do you just DM him or how does that conversation get started? Well, he had posted this watch, the IWC Yacht Club, on his Instagram handle at the time To be honest, the Yacht Club wasn't on my radar. The Mark 12 at the time with box and papers, uh, it was going around like $5,000. So I knew that was a little bit high. So I kind of wanted to experience a few or at least an IWC beforehand before taking that big step. So I was trying to research other vintage IWCs that I could purchase before making that jump to the Mark 12. Okay, gotcha. So Mark 12, which is a type of IWC, mm -hmm. was actually the goal that mm -hmm. you had in mind. Yes. And then you see this yacht club, and that's new to you. Yes, it was new to me, but it was an amazing, nearly mint. It wasn't, I mean, it was as close as mint as you can get from a watch from the 70s and came with box and papers that like sealed the deal. And I go to his Instagram handle, and he has at least 50 vintage watches. That piqued my interest even more, knowing that it had the confirmation of a much more seasoned collector. 
And so that's when I reached out to him, not thinking I would actually be able to afford the watch. And what was that conversation like? Do you just say like, hey, I'm gone. I'm interested in getting this watch or how do you how do you break the ice on that basically yeah i I reached out to him i'm trying to think i think it was through reddit because i didn't have instagram so i couldn't message him but like through reddit i sent him a message i was like hey i saw your uh watch for sale the price was definitely outside of my range or what i felt comfortable with so i probably shared more than i should have with him (laughs) i was like i'm a newly married man uh, looking to purchase like my first vintage watch. I was very convinced after speaking with him. He was nice enough. And this is what's crazy about the watch community. He did not have to do this. And he's a pretty well-known guy on Instagram. So I'm looking back, he could have just sold it to any, I feel like he would have found someone Mm -hmm. that was interested in his watch. And at the time I didn't really, since I wasn't on Instagram, not that followers actually matter. Well, followers do matter, but this guy, let's say has 10,000 plus followers at that time that didn't really hit me. But now in the watch community to have 10,000 plus followers, you definitely have a presence within the Instagram watch community. Yeah. There's a lot of people looking after you. Yeah. This guy, I know he could have sold it to someone else within his circle, but when I reached out to him, he just, he was basically his message was, I remember back in the day when I purchased my first watch and I remember like first getting into the hobby and he basically said, you will want to get this watch. If this is going to be your first vintage watch, he's like, this is a great vintage watch. And he told me that all the reasons why I should add it. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was like, I'm sold. But here's the problem. Like I said, I'm recently married. My wife, I haven't even shared this hobby with my wife. She knows I have one watch, but I don't think I can get her approval. Any way you could bring it down a few hundred bucks because it would be a much easier sell on my end thinking what do i have to lose mm-hmm. like at the end of the day if he says no that's a no and i know that you know i'll have to look for another watch he responded and he was like hey i can meet you at that price i'd love for you to get started on the first right vintage watch and i'm very confident that you'll enjoy this watch and i hate to see this leave but i actually love your story and i'm very happy and we the transaction happened transferred money and yeah now the IWC is on my wrist. This is actually one of my favorite watches. As you can attest to it, no watch brings me more pain than when I add character or scratches. That means to, dings. Yeah. yeah, dings to this watch. Since it's a yacht club, does that mean it's a diver watch? Because the yacht's it is, in the name? But this one's a retired diver. This is going nowhere near the water. But back in the day, yeah, it yeah. Could. And it's heyday. It was a diver. Was it like Burt Reynolds? I want to say Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Was, for some reason, I have images of him being in the water. I don't know if that's true, or maybe maybe more like a David Hasselhoff. Uh, no, I no 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 no. Uh, D- David Hasselhoff seems like a Panerai guy. <laughs> he definitely seems like a Panerai guy. Since I'm a classy dial guy, I will share with you my favorite parts of this watch. What really drew me to the yacht club. Before you do that, can I see the watch? and give you my first impressions of the watch. Okay, but are you sure you can actually enjoy this classy dial? I mean, I think so. (laughs) Okay, let's see. What are your thoughts? I'm curious to hear your intake on this watch. What what are some things that jump out at you about the dial? Well, it is a little bit sparkly if you hit it on the right light. I do see some patina on the face. 
I'm trying to figure out which scratch was from when you got out of a car when we were the condo right. shopping. The it's far the far right. right. And then the one on the left is a newly added scratch. I don't know. That's a mystery one. scratch. Yeah. I'm so curious about that second scratch. Cause... Okay. I guess my other observation yeah. would be the second hand isn't as smooth as I think some of your other watches. Like you can see it tick a little bit more. Is, or what, are you trying to say it's a quartz watch or what's uh, going on? Is this a quartz watch? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't even, yeah. But w- wouldn't you agree, right? It's not as smooth of a rotation as some of your other watches. That, I mean, yeah. It's because of the movement. <laughs> and so back in the day, was this a good movement? Or even back in the day, was this considered like I mean, a bit I, I don't know if it was at the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Even it's, you know, back in the day. I guess the other observations I'd say is the time is incorrect and so is the date, which means this is definitely one of your watches. <laughs> well, the time I set, the date I try not to be too finicky with. Yeah, the date, like, who cares? Yeah. I think the time is the most important mm-hmm. thing. And I guess the other thing that stands out is I see that there's some text below International Watch Co. One of the hands is blocking the start of it but i think it says schaffhausen schaffhausen yes that is where the watch was made okay nice and actually at the six o'clock hour i see swiss on here yep did you notice that i did notice that yep you should because you like sit down on the couch and like stare at this watch i can i can actually stare at that watch for hours on end which i have done on multiple days it's just something so soothing about that dial isn't it very charm like i i love the charm in that dial nice the font for the um Mm -hmm. international watch company and then also just the iwc logo the metal just something about that just (laughs) there's been numerous times where i've walked in on gun sitting on the couch with his watches and it makes me like kind of uncomfortable like is this a private moment like am i <laughs> intruding on something like should i leave the room it's just sort yeah of... you're ruining our moment ben. <laughs> Sorry, just like, it's very intimate and it makes me a little bit uncomfortable i think all watch collectors do that they like to have their own time qt with their watches <laughs> okay and i guess the the other thing that's standing out now that i'm taking a close look is that both the minute and hour hand have little white strips which i assume is so that it pops out in the dark is that correct yes and that is also called tritium okay we talked about tritium off air the other day yep and uh, mm-hmm. apparently you can get cancer from it or it's yes. bad for you right it's really bad for you mm-hmm. if you're exposed to a lot of tritium so i think there was a movie about this as well like tritium ladies or what and that actually has to has to do with the ladies that worked in the watch industry and other industries. But that's basically um, to create the loom and have that effect. Because what they were doing back in the day is like putting it on their teeth and stuff, right? They thought it was a teeth whitener, a tooth whitener. Let me see if there's anything else that I noticed about this watch. Stainless steel, reading that. So is this the original bracelet too? So that... Actually, so that is a bracelet from IWC, mm-hmm. but is that is not time correct? What? Uh, what? Do you, oh, so it's like from a different era. So it's few year. I think it was few years back. The mm-hmm. crazy thing about this owner, actually, let me take a look to see when the bracelet was purchased, because mm-hmm. this owner actually has his receipt 
from not only the watch, but when he purchased the bracelet as well. So we have a timestamp of both That's when the nice. watch was uh, purchased and then also the bracelet. Okay. You have all the details of the provenance, as they say, for collector's items. I do have the provenance for this. Allow me one moment to get the provenance. Okay. <laughs> no way. It's from like 2000? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. no, they purchased this November 3rd, 1987. So it's about nine years after the watch was actually purchased. Because the watch was purchased, ironically, on my birthday in 1976. Oh. So that's wow. what I really, yeah, that's okay. what I thought. There was another connection when I when we had both the same birthdays. I was like, oh, this was meant to be. Yeah. But what's crazy is guess how much a bracelet, IWC bracelet costs in 1987 okay i can't tell if you're saying guessed how much because it's super high or super low i'm gonna guess that you're saying it because it's lower because i know omega bracelets at link can go for like a hundred dollars nowadays and a full bracelet i told you probably goes for like a thousand yeah so i'm going to guess that this was well actually wait how much do you know how much the actual watch would have gone for yep back in i the have day? that receipt as well so i know yep we'll go to that after this i'll i'll guess both how about that okay. normally when you buy the watch that would include the bracelet so my guess for this watch but the, the whole watch. watch was in mm-hmm. the late 70s yep. right 76 so if i were to guess the cost of the watch i'm just gonna throw out 125 it's gonna be my guess and for the, for the entire for the watch well, now that you say it like that, I'm starting to question my guess. So let me <laughs> take a couple steps back. I don't know. $125 sounds like a lot back in the 70s. Actually, yeah. Now, yeah, but okay. Okay, so I know it's definitely not $125. It has to be more. So my guess, I'm going to double that. I'll say $250. Okay. And then for the bracelet, I'll say $75. Ooh, was it right? Was it right? You're close with one. Okay. So the bracelet was actually sold for 67 euros oh, in 1987. See? So I guess maybe you might be right if yeah. we do the dollar. Actually, yeah. I know euros is a lot more. Yeah. So actually, you might be might like, be close. okay, so that, let's say the bracelet, I, I still can't believe, I mean, I guess it does make sense. I mean, so it was, was like 40, 50 years yeah. ago, yeah. Mm. But the watch was very surprising. Okay. In 1976, the watch itself went for 845 euros. Oh, damn. Right? So that's, that's ex- okay. Right? So maybe this was a pretty high end because <laughs> no, no, like this is making me, making me think. I wish someone should share if they know a lot about vintage IWCs. Maybe this wasn't like the entry level because for this amount, I feel like that sounds like an expensive yeah. watch because I, yeah, that sounds. Like a lot. So they actually ended up paying eight hundred forty-five euros for the watch itself, and then they purchased the band for one hundred and eighty euros. But it seems like they must have switched it out because they got a new band, and they got a deal. Dang! So you actually, I got got a really good deal. I basically paid the guy. Yeah, (laughs) can't believe how expensive the watch was. And I'll share my favorite things about this watch. Well, I mm. guess I've already kind of shared it. It's that not just the font of the Cursive International Watch Company, but also the IWC Steel logo. They only do this for the vintage watches. They don't do this anymore. Also, outside of the tritium, my other favorite thing would be that the date window matches the dial. Not a lot of watches. Yeah. So if okay, you look, at, look it, at this again. <sighs> 
Oh, you're right. Yeah, it is Surrogate. kind of seamless. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. a different color. Yeah, that's perfect. Seamless. Yeah, I like how seamless it is between hmm. the dial and the date window. Yeah, that is a good point. Right? They don't do that too often nowadays, mm-hmm. huh? You'll see a lot of my watches. Yeah, they'll have like a white date window with the dial is a different color. It is a good looking watch. Now I'm more curious about its history, knowing that these were actually purchased in Europe. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about this guy? Well, I still follow him on Instagram. Like, did he live in Europe or? No, no. So he wasn't the actual original buyer. Oh, I but guess that makes sense. Yeah. Told me he could connect me to the original buyer mm-hmm. because there was only one other owner before that, the provenance. And I thought that was pretty cool. He was like, hey, when I asked him, I was like, are you the original owner? He's like, no, but I can connect you to him because mm-hmm. I purchased this watch from the original owner mm-hmm. and we're still in touch. My first watch I really lucked out buying from a really genuine guy who gave me a great deal and then also taught me a lot about watches. So hopefully, who knows, I might be able to pick up another vintage watch from him. Mm, I think you're good. All this talk about the provenance of the watch is actually reminding me of the Chrono Tokyo, or maybe just Chrono, NFT. (laughs) I was listening to a podcast today to get a better understanding of what NFTs are. I mean, I have a gist of what it is. I really do not know much about cryptocurrency, blockchain. Like I hear all these terms, but it kind of goes in one ear, out the other. But in the podcast that I was listening to, they're saying one of the cool things about NFT is you can actually track the ownership of whatever item it is, right? So like nowadays, there's lots of different like NFT artworks Mm -hmm. or NFTs of different moments in sports. So every time that NFT gets sold... Yeah, it the keeps a record. So, mm-hmm. Keeps a record of the different owners, and they're also saying that the original creator gets a kickback. I don't know every if time it's sold. That's what they're saying. I don't know if that's so with Cro- so Chrono Tokyo. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I don't know if that's what, what they were saying, yeah. or if they were just saying that was a possibility through mm-hmm. about the NFTs. reason I was laughing yeah. about the NFTs getting commissions because Chrono Tokyo is so so particular that their watches don't get sold on the black market or the aftermarket, they go through all these extra steps to make sure that their watches don't get sold. And if they actually find out that you sold their watch, you get blacklisted from uh, the company. And so I find that kind of interesting because they are providing NFTs for provenance purposes rather than doing like the papers now. I think that's really cool. I think that's probably going to be something that adds a lot of value actually because is that something that's going to be coming out with all of their watches or is it just for this chronograph that you're no getting? no that's for all their future watches now that's definitely a good move for them to just be so forward thinking like mm-hmm. like i said i still don't understand what an nft <laughs> is but it sounds like it's a good opportunity for them to get early it, in on that game and they're definitely early adapters and they're more uh, willing to take these risks because they're an independent brand, so they have that flexibility. But I also, Hajime Azawa, I think he's very forward-thinking when it comes to the watch industry. Because they try to sell, I don't know if it actually sold, but they're selling their Chrono Tokyo Mori and then an NFT for the Mori as well. So that's the first way ahead of his time. I still don't know how that works. I feel like that has to be a package deal. Like you get the actual watch. watch and then along with it is the nft which serves as the certificate of authenticity you know, well like it was selling for like fifteen thousand, like so separate. i hope you're getting the watch not just yeah, the yeah, nfts yeah, yeah. but then you see nfts yeah. selling for insane amounts 
So I just don't know what to expect when it comes to NFTs. I feel like it's only a matter of time that all these other kind of smaller independent boutique watch brands will probably jump on board and start doing the NFT because it just seems like... For authenticity purposes or to actually sell? For both. For both? (laughs) I think for authenticity, right? It makes it easier to track ownership. Mm -hmm. But also because it's something that you can market as adding value to the watch, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think watch geeks would buy into that. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know. I have a hard time wrapping my head around NFTs <laughs> and like how long this will actually be. A thing. Clearly, we're not going to be investing in NFTs. Yeah, I feel like I can't invest in something that I don't understand. Fair enough. <laughs> but I'm a fan of NFTs coming along with your chrono. Well played, Chrono Tokyo. Well played. <laughs> well, I think that's going to just about wrap it up for our My Last Watch 2.0 episode. Not many updates on the quest to Anomos Campus. That watch is still listed on Instagram. No one has still on the market sealed the deal yet. No, yeah. few people have reached out, but no one has sealed the deal. I hope today's episode did sound better. I hope so. I think both of us were actually a little bit more nervous. I know Gun was a lot more nervous. I think the microphone deal just made it seem more official. Yeah, no, this definitely makes it. <laughs> seem like I have to step up my game and then it seems like we're podcasters now with our official mic. Well, thanks for sticking with us. Um, Like I said, hopefully the audio is better this time around. We're still going to be fine tuning things. Thanks for joining us. Thanks watch fam. Bye. (laughs) If you're enjoying my last watch so far, please give us a five-star rating or review on Apple podcasts. It really goes a long way to help get the word out on the show. Thanks so much.